Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Warrior Within. I just want to thank you guys for all the views, for sharing, for everything that's been going on. Uh, being a part of that top 25 has been great for uh, basically the end of this year. But I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, remember, like I talked about in my last Real Talk, there's going to be people lonely this year. Let's make sure we don't miss out on giving them an opportunity of feeling loved a bit. I mean, it's, it's so easy just to ask somebody to come join us and to hang out with us. Anyway, I want to also remind you guys that we've been doing, we started a series last time, I think it was probably last week or two, and basically we are doing kind of the Avengers type deal. Uh, last time was Tony Stark and the dangers of intelligence, basically. Um, and this week I, I wanted to talk about Bruce Banner and the Hulk. And so we're going to talk a little bit about anger. And anger is definitely something that I know men struggle with. But I also know anger is an issue that we need to learn how to not allow it to control us and to, and to be a foothold for the devil. Um, if you want to, well, we're going to just pick one area, but if you want to do a study, do a study on anger. I would challenge you to do a study on anger. There's plenty of places we could find that we could talk about anger, but we're actually going to focus on Ephesians 4. And if you were to go all the way down to verse 30, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Verse 32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as, Christ, as God in Christ forgave you. I personally think there is more forms of anger. It's not just anger is evil. A lot of times I think we kind of point out that anger means a sin automatically, but anger is not necessarily a wrong, a wrong mindset to have in some cases. Now the issue is there is a danger of being angry. Anger can turn into a sin like wrath, bitterness, clamor, slandering, hurting other people. And I'm even talking about any of you guys right now. If you guys are struggling with anger, are you like hurting your family? Are you abusing them? Are you talking nasty things about other people behind their backs, which is basically gossiping? How are you treating your employees or your coworkers or fellow students if you're in college? You see, anger can manifest slowly into something else. If we allow it to fester inside of us. You see, Paul is talking about what anger can lead to. If you were to go back a few verses back, verse 26 says, Be angry. See, right there, he even tells you it's okay to be angry. And do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Some standards use a foothold, which I like the word foothold because foothold is military. And since we're a warrior within, you get a foothold on your enemy, you gain a position. And you could basically barricade, you could put a tower in it, whatever you want, to hold a position. And a lot of times when we allow 
Satan to get a foothold in our life. He will do whatever he can, you know, his, his minions do whatever they can to keep you in a position that's fleshly or, or sin nature and focused on those issues. You see, anger, when it leads into a wrath or bitterness or some form of malicing desire is because we allowed that whatever happened to us to control us. And thinking about how Bruce Banner became the Hulk because of beta, I think it's beta radiation. The format of Hulk's existence comes because he allowed his anger to create the Hulk. Now, if you actually met Bruce Banner probably in person, the one thing you notice about him is that he doesn't come across as a bitter, angry person. He's an intellectual, he's a scientist, he's smart, he's very kind-hearted, he's very compassionate. Um, he seems to respect human life, where a lot of times with Tony, he, he lived in his intellect as the tool, so if people got hurt, oh well, I'm right. This case, Bruce Banner's anger or his true nature that was inside of him that he's probably held in for all these years is appeared or is revealed by the transformation of becoming the Hulk. The Hulk is like his inner demons coming out. Was, I mean, I think he's even used that phrasing. It's like an inner demon that comes out and it shows in his rage and anger and strength and power. And like, think about it because Bruce Banner is a smaller guy and then suddenly the Hulk is this giant mass of a man who can rip cars in half and throw them and launch them and throw them across the city. I mean, that's, that's a lot of rage. And in reality, you can be that angry and actually do a lot of strong things in your anger you can hurt someone worse than just getting into a fight with them you can kill them rage can really cloud our moral compass because it allows us to have power strength that's why one of the things i discovered with a lot of youth is they're being taught that if i'm disrespected i need to let that person know i'm boss and this is a reality for them. This is like, they think this is going to solve their problem. But all that really happens is someone else will come in, beat them up, and show them that they're boss. And that's all it turns into. And in many cases, and I know I've heard this story a lot growing up from like Adventures in Odyssey or like Sunday School teachers, but a lot of times when you become the top dog, you become the bully. And it's a very interesting slope that you can get on. Now, the view that I always saw with Bruce Brenner and Hulk is that anger, when it goes into the direction of sin, is a lot like how the Hulk is. The Hulk is a strong individual, but a lot of times what he doesn't pay attention is the the destruction that he creates and the effects it has on people around him. A lot of times with anger, where it leads to is destruction. And it may be yours, 
but it can also mean hurting other people who are also around you, like your wife, kids, friends, family. The truth is that the rage may not be seen by you because it makes you feel good in the moment, but at the end of all things, it does create a lot of issues for you and your family. It, it, it creates a, a brokenness. And I can tell you this, one of the things it will do is block the opportunity for God to really use you. One of the things about Bruce Banner and the Hulk is what I, I liked is that the Hulk changes over time. Like in the beginning, like Hulk was just anger and rage, but then eventually you start seeing things about the Hulk where there's compassion. There's opportunities where Hulk shows himself hero, even though everybody else calls him a monster. And he even says that, well, everybody thinks I'm a monster, so therefore I'm going to be one, which is actually kind of ironic because that's a lot of, that's how a lot of people see themselves. Eh, you know, I sinned. Well, I guess I'm a sinner. Or, you know, oh, I'm a liar. That's just who I am. Oh, well, I, I've always stole, so, you know, that's just how it goes. And the idea is that it's in nature. You need, to, you need to deal with it. When we accepted Christ, we accepted the change that he was going to give us because he cleansed us from our sin. <coughs> he he doused us with the Holy Spirit's uh, influence so that it can keep us on an upright track, keep us on a walk that we're supposed to have. So, if you're not seeing a change in you, and you're still living a life that you've always lived, there's something off. And like, I, I would actually be concerned about whether you truly accepted Christ. Because your fruit should reflect the change. If you're still doing things that you've always done, you can't use the excuse that, well, it's just where I live. I'm in the city. It's just how it is. No, you, you know that it's wrong. Then you need to learn how to, you need to figure out how to change. You, you can still live in this world that you live in, you know, if you live in the city and it's like, it's just like this, everybody uses their middle fingers. So it's like a normal thing. It's like saying, hello, stop doing it. Yeah. But, but, you know, you know, having, you know, raunchy language or <clears throat> talking about, you know, women, the way I do, no, it's just part of the, how men are in my area. And that's how it's supposed to be. That's just part of life. Stop doing it. You see, when we allow sin to have a foothold, it creates a monster in us. Anger is one, to me, one of the biggest things that a lot of men deal with because they hide or hold in a lot of their issues for a long period of time. And they don't deal with them. They don't talk to other men about it. They don't share it with anybody else. They just hold in and fester on this bitterness and anger. That includes how people treated them. That includes how their dad treated them, how their mom treated them, how their boss treated them. But they fester. They fester, fester, fester. They hold in all that guck. And they never ask God to help them. They never ask other men to help them. So instead of healing or transformation, 
they live in their rage and their anger. Because remember, when you're looking at Ephesians 4, it has different forms of anger, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice, okay? The anger transformation in us can go two different ways. Because there is a righteous anger. There is a sinful anger. You remember in verse 26, be angry, do not sin. When you go to verse 30, 31, those are sinful angers. Because one, each one of those gives us the right, the power, the capability of controlling our life. We're not stuck or bound to someone else's hand or control. It's, it's our control. We can do what we want to do. Because it's my anger. I can control the anger. I can do what I need to do. So instead of finding that they need to let go of the anger and, and, and to allow Christ to fill their hearts and have allowed the Holy Spirit to transform them, they instead hold on to it. Why? Because it gives them power. It's a lot to me like how the Sith and Star Wars are like two. Because the Jedi are taught to never allow all these things to enter their hearts, basically. Where the, the Sith are like the opposite. The Sith want the power, want the anger, want the rage. Why? Because it gives them power. And it does. It does give you a lot of power. The problem is it's not controlled power. It turns into a lot of how the Hulk is. Where even though sometimes in our anger, we're trying to do the right thing because we want equality, we want justice, and we want it done our way. We want to be the judge we want to be the person who enforces the, the penalties or what we think should be done for the wrong that has happened to us. But in reality, it turns into this hate not and revenge, hate and revenge, and not necessarily a justice, a justice form of anger. Though I think there's times where we should stand in justice. And I think there's times where we should understand the difference, um, protecting the truth of the gospel. Definitely, if someone is misusing scripture, I think we need to speak up. And any other times where we see even people being hurt by a bully, basically, I think I, I, I applaud to anybody who's been willing to step up to a bully. So that's not easy. And one of the hardest things that will happen from it is you'll get backlash. Because remember, Christ said, they're going to hate you. They hate me. That is why one of the things he actually told them to do was go get a sword. Now, the sword was not meant to be used for cutting onions and tomatoes. It was used, it was supposed to be used to protect themselves. That is why I have somewhat of an issue with some of the martyr stories I hear. Do I think martyrism is a real thing? Of course I do. I think there's opportunities that Christ has used people to death to make a transformation. Stephen being an example for Paul. But at the same time, when I hear Christians basically kind of roll over in a passive way because they, they absolutely try to use the turn the other cheek method, it does not mean you let the enemy just pounce on your face and do whatever they want to you. 
what it means is we're not supposed to be the ones going out there with our swords and our guns picking fights against people that we think we need to pick fights for but what it really means is that we're supposed to step up when we need to but then there's times where we can just turn our other cheek because we need to learn to forgive them forgive them for they know not what they do is what Jesus said even Stephen said that as they were stoning him. You see, the idea of turning the other cheek is about, about forgiving people for what they've done. That, to me, is hard. Especially if you're holding on to anger and you've allowed a foothold of the, of the devil and, and his minions to have a hold on you. That's hard. And that's what that really means. That's why when disciples ask Jesus, how many times are we supposed to ask for forgiveness you know he gave them basically it's supposed to be an infinite number see that he was not saying you don't do anything or you don't defend yourself he just says you just need to forgive them yes just like he did but you remember jesus went into the temple and flipped the tables and kicked out all the merchants so it can't be all just forgiving means not doing anything and even god did things he used people he had people go do his bid when he needed it to. You see, the difference is it's the anger behind it. The rage can be a sin, or it could be an anger of justice where you're protecting truth. You're protecting people. That's why sometimes when I hear martyr stories, I'm like, why, why didn't they fight back? <clears throat> a lot of times it's, well, they're supposed to be peaceful. No. Actually, in scripture, it doesn't say we're supposed to be peaceful. It just says we're not supposed to start the fights. We're not supposed to um, be the bully. We're not supposed to win it through uh, war and, and killings. I mean, um, I apologize if you're Islamic, but a lot of Islamic views in, in your scriptures is about violence and hurting people. Uh, it's part of your, I guess you could call them your scriptures. But a lot of people think that way, too. So I want you guys to really think about, before we take this break, I want you to think about your your frustrations, your bitterness, your angers. Are they being misguided? Are they being uh, misdirected? Are, are, are you falling into the trap of bitterness, wrath, anger, excuse me, rage, maybe even malice? Or how about slandering? I mean, are you bad-mouthing other people even though necessarily it's 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 you're, basically the difference is you're bad-mouthing other people to hurt their character to break their character because you disagree with them not because they're doing evil but because you want to hurt them and i think there's a difference because there is times talking about other people's wrongs and what they're doing as a way to how do i deal with it how do i talk about it how do i get this off my chest like in my case my battle at my last job last six months was horrible i mean you get the thing is about anger and rage is that it can affect your physically your mentally your spiritual it could be a lot of things because i can tell you this i was getting angry and it's and a lot of some of it was righteous and some of it was not because i wanted god to step in with a vengeful heart but i also did not stand when I saw injustice or wrong speaking being pushed. But be mindful of that. 
want you guys to think about that as I take this break. I'll see you after. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, we've been talking a little bit about anger, talking about how it kind of images the idea of Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Um, one of the last things we were kind of talking about were just how anger can fester, how it can be involved in our life, even if we are walking upright. I mean, even my friend and I have been having a conversation about just how much, like, where where is the line of when you accept Christ to people who think they have but still do whatever they want? And it made me think about you know, these scriptures talking about be angry and do not sin. It means that there is still a battle going on between us and basically the spirit. Our flesh still tries to get involved, still tries to control, still tries to make it difficult for us to see Christ's likeness in us and all around us. I mean, Paul is very specific. I mean, in verse 25, he even says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. He's always talking about putting away or don't do. So the thing is, we... Even though we have accepted Christ, we still have to battle the desire of being fleshly or being worldly. I've always taught it that you're either serving God or you're serving the world. Um, you're either a slave to one or slave to the other. I mean, I, I, the word slave doesn't necessarily mean bad things. Because in, in some sense, we have given ourselves, but it's with permission or our sin nature we're born with and it controls us it's like imprisonment so one of the things that people always talk about is when they accepted christ it felt like their chains were released a lot of worldly people see it that we're bound to chains because now we have to follow rules and regulations and go to church and therefore you're being bound but in reality we're free and probably more free than they'll ever be because they're stuck or bound to a system that they can never leave. That's why the importance of the Holy Spirit is to help us kind of guide through the culture and what it's trying to teach us. Just like today, we have a lot of mindsets, philosophies and views and ideals of what it means to be a person today, um, religious or not scientific-minded, logical, irrational, <laughs> emotional, like whatever it is that we want to use for wordings to describe each person, we still have that, we're still bound to that fleshly part of our body, which is why anger, if not dealt with properly or gone through a process properly, can and will become a corruption of our heart, our spirit, our body. People will be able to see it in our faces. We start treating people not very kindly. Um, and it basically fills your heart and mind. I mean, people who decide to murder people or have revenge on people don't usually just do it right in the moment. They think about it. They consume themselves about it. 
Why? Because it gives them opportunity to think about ways to hurt someone else. I mean, we watch shows and movies where people who want to have their revenge, they, it's never like, oh, two days ago, this person did something to me. No, it's years and years and years and years. They've been, they've been waiting 10 years, five years, three years, four years, and and her searching for this person for years so that they can get their revenge on them. That's basically what Paul is talking about Ephesians 4. That's why he says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor and slander be put away from you, along with malice. So in other words, don't allow it consume you and if you notice this is not for unsaved people people who don't know Christ this is for us who know Christ because it, it mentions the fact that the Holy Spirit has to be involved to allow us to not be corrupted into the the ideal of anger as a sin don't don't be fooled and pulled into it so you want to be careful. You don't want to give the opportunity to the devil to have a platform or a way to be able to use this anger against you or use it against a people and, and steal from you um, the healing power of the Holy Spirit. So many people uh, have spent decades with their anger or dismay for someone else like I've heard of a story of an older older ladies in a church like they're probably in their 60s or 70s by this time and they have sat on the opposite side of the church for I think it was like 30 years and these are sisters and had never talked to each other and ignored each other and it took saving grace of the spirit to come involved in the situation to show them their wrongdoing and I believe it was the pastor who was preaching basically on anger and eventually what happened was they discovered that th their anger was hurting themselves hurting people around them and they actually went after that sermon met each other in the middle and repented to one another because you see, the anger consumed their lives. 30 years wasted. 30 years being angry and probably missing out on opportunities that the Lord could have given them for each other, but also for the church. And that's what we're trying to work on here. If you guys have an anger issue, this is the greatest opportunity for you to ask the Lord to remove this bitterness and anger in you and to start healing you. you, you like I said, even if you have to go talk to a counselor or a pastor or, or a man that you can trust for encouragement and prayer and, and connectivity because you see how they walk, um, do it. It'll be a great opportunity for you to basically be almost renewed or to be rebirthed in some ways with a a new ideal for yourself that God has for you has prepared for you um, one of the things that I was kind of also mentioning too is like, like my last few months at my last job 
issues with anger that came in. Sometimes there was times where I wanted to lash out and I had to remind myself that God said that he would handle basically my, my battle. And sometimes guys, we don't like that idea because it takes away the opportunity for us to deal with that battle or lead in that battle. And we need to be careful because that's just a doorway for revenge and not actually righteous anger. But God handled a lot of things, um, even though to me there was times where I wanted to say something mean back at least or respond with a way that would make things even, I, I abstained from saying anything. And it may look like I wasn't doing anything, but in reality, it was revealing, it was showing, it was opening a door of what that person was doing to me, the wolf, and what the, the other gentleman was doing. And a lot of times, there was times where I wish I could just somehow reveal the truth to everybody else so they could see it, but they wouldn't believe it because the enemy is really good at being deceptive, really good at hiding behind a mask and creating a picture that fits. It's almost like watching a TV show. We all know that all those actors and actresses aren't necessarily who they are as a character. And so we get this fantasy-minded ideal of what they really are so when we meet them in person, we realize they're not the same type of people. Like, they're acting. So a lot of times, people that are in the act of being a wolf or false teacher is a lot of acting. They're, they're very good at acting. So one of the things I had to learn during that time was learn how to just let go of the opportunities I could have done something and just allow God to lead through it and this leading into the idea of you know, how, how do we deal with our anger is pretty similar you let God have it um, you allow him to work through you you, you allow him to heal your brokenness because a lot of times what a lot of times if you were to really talk to people spend time with them and understand especially why they're angry and you really ask the questions you find out that the anger is resulted from something that has happened to them or something that they're they're angry so much about because they don't have. I remember one young young man who, you know, this is a true story. Uh, he he had a girl who was th he was uh, let me see I think he was in fifth grade, and one one of the girls in his class threatened us to stab him with a pencil, and. He decided instead of waiting for her to do so, he stabbed her. So he got in trouble. But at the same time, I this is a young young man that we know has had a lot of anger issues. So uh, I took him to my office and talked to him, and we got to a point of in-depth conversation. And you know, at first it was the shrugging shoulders, and I don't know, but. And I told him, you know, this is a, a time for you to really have a chance to be open and to really say what you need to say. And, you know, I found out 
You know, he's been holding this grudge, this anger towards his brothers because he never got to see his dad. He had died before he was born. And he's been holding that grudge, that anger inside him for so long that he lashes out. Doesn't mean it's right what he does or how he acts, but we worked we worked on it. Every, every Sunday we met and we talked and we prayed. And I remember the day when he turned around, looked at me after hearing about what Jesus did for him, asking that he wants that. He wants Jesus. He wants that. And we, after the service, we spent time and we talked about it. You see, a lot of times when when I was looking at Bruce Banner, a lot of times what I saw in him was his inner anger came out with Hulk. But as the character grew, even as Hulk grew, there was some type of softness that happened with Hulk over time. And I kind of look at that imagery as kind of what, what redemption is like. Sometimes a redemptive heart can be an instant change. Sometimes it may be a slow change. What, Regardless of what happens, the idea behind it is that if you're allowing God to heal you and work in you, there will be change. And you can get away from being so angry that you are consumed by it. You can ask for forgiveness. You can seek out forgiveness. Um, God will open those doors. And you don't have to be a Hulk. You don't have to hide it inside you. Because remember, the only reason it came out with Hulk is through Bruce Banner's uh, anger after being zapped by radiation. And a lot of times, us as men, we like to hide our anger inside of us because we think we can handle it. And if anybody knows best example of what it's like to hold any type of emotional whether it's anger or anything else is going to get a can of soda and shaking it and shaking it and shaking it for days and then turn and opening it up what happens getting a bottle and shaking it and shaking it and shaking it you see eventually what happens is that cap or that lid gets popped open and you explode People may never see all the so-called symptoms before you do, but it may take just that one moment, that one incident, that one loss, that one losing your job, car breaking down, not having enough money, your friend dying in a car accident, you getting sick, your mom and dad die, your spouse dies, your child dies. It could be any little thing could be that one trigger that just and in other cases what it can do it's kind of like watching a tv show that consumes you slowly and you're you're basically it's like seeing this blackness starting to wrap around your body and take hold of you to the point where you're not recognizing yourself anymore and neither anybody around you it's highly possible that the rage could consume you. And that's why I think that picture of Bruce Banner and Hulk is very interesting because it's not Bruce Banner getting strong. It's Bruce Banner transforming into a green monster. And I think it's very intriguing that the imagery is that Hulk gets big and muscular and strong and green and can take on anything, can leap 
over buildings, can rip cars in half, can throw tanks across the street, can pound through anything, because that's what rage does. It starts destroying, and we don't recognize that destruction sometimes. I really have seen people where they don't realize the destruction that they're creating until someone points it out. And that's where I think it's very important why we need that brotherhood, that connection. We need that that manhood of men that we can count on, that we can reach out to, that we can connect with. Because those moments, those men, could be the one thing to help you recognize something that you're doing that you need Jesus a part of. You know, we've talked about other sins in the past. We've talked about other issues, but it's all coming down to the same response. If we have a group of men coming together in prayer, encouragement, study, just being there for each other, allowing someone like me or another man who has a tendency to hide their feelings, give an opportunity to release their feelings by sharing with somebody have a have an open ear to listen to open heart to respond a lot of times we run into some men who are like oh just you know pull up your bootstraps and and just shrug it off you know that's that's how i've always done it but the problem is if you really talk to that person they've never really dealt with their issues and so they you could see it in other things where there's problems God designed us to be relational. God designed us to be connecting to one another. He didn't design us to take on things alone. He didn't design us to face things alone. Why do you think Paul spends a lot of time about the phrasing of one another or unity? Because when we're united, we can help each other. We can be there for each other. And sadly today, um, I don't think tons of churches or many churches have forgotten what unity means and being a part of one another. Um, sadly, in some cases, there's a lot of cliques, a lot of social club mentality that unless you're one of the higher up members, you, you kind of get lost. And that's why one of the things, if I start my church, at least I, I want to, the idea I want to do is small groups are important, vital. I, I would like to train couples to lead because I honestly think that small groups help with the unity of a church. When you are with a bunch of people doing a Bible study together, you get close. And it's like having a small family that you can count on. And that's something I've seen happen and I've seen it work. And it makes lifelong relationships. Sometimes decades can pass and you can still talk to each other why because of that bond that you created as like a big like a one family together but then what it does it also spreads that that mindset spreads into the church as as a whole and you start seeing a connectivity of some type because you're building a small group that also cares for one another it's vital man vital our, our anger can be a fuel for a destructive future. Right now, if any of you are struggling, this is your opportunity today, after 
you're done listening to this or even in this moment to take a moment and ask God please help me through my anger provide people to help me go through my anger provide a way basically to escape um, James talks about that you know, no temptation is of God but also says no temptation has no escape Anger may not be necessarily what we consider a temptation, but it is a temptation to take control. And pride can be one of those avenues to controlling the anger because we are too prideful to forgive, to change, or to try. Oh, this is your opportunity today to ask the Lord to remove whatever is holding me from asking for forgiveness remove whatever it is that is causing me grief and sadness and hurt help me to get through my past don't allow me to be an angry man you don't have to be bitter you don't have to be angry you don't have to be vengeful or hateful you don't have to try to hurt other people you don't have to you're choosing it because it's your fleshly desire and it's a world way of dealing with things you don't have to follow it if you accepted Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit's there for you. All you have to do is ask. One thing guys are bad at is asking. So ask. I'll pray for you guys right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your son and what he's done for us. And I thank you, Lord, that he died on our behalf. That we don't have to go to hell. We don't have to follow this world. We don't have to be slaves to sin. I pray, Lord, that any of these guys that are listening, or even ladies that are listening, if there is anger inside them, if there's a rage of a hulk that's inside them, Lord, that you would be able to cleanse them of it, that you'd be able to heal them of it, that you'll be able to bring them to someone who can counsel or disciple them through it, Lord. Bring men to these men that are walking upright that are walking godly that want to serve and love you and they they too want to do it but they need that guidance lord bring those type of men into these men's lives i thank you lord for this podcast and i and for all that it's been able to do i pray that it continue to be a factor that it'll be used that it'll be a tool or resource for men and I pray that any of these men today are struggling in any type of sin, that they will be able to repent. Though if they're not saved, Lord, that they'll accept your son as their savior. Open the door, Lord. Reveal to them about the type of warrior you want them to be. And I thank you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you guys have a blessed day and a Merry Christmas. We'll probably see you guys sometime next week. Bless.